Hi there, it's Mike from I Don't Know Much But. Who else we were expecting? If you listened to last week's episode, you'll know it's Men's Mental Health Awareness Month. If you didn't, stop immediately and go and listen because this is part two of a two-part special. Where have you been? You'll also know that as part of the conversation, we talk about suicide, so it might not be suitable for some listeners. But if you are affected by any of the topics we discuss, we'll be putting numbers and websites onto our social media and our WhatsApp channel, which you can find by searching for IDKMB in WhatsApp. Now, John, where were we? How did your story start then? Okay. Yeah. So I am um, the youngest of three. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always felt in competition to do better or as well as my older siblings. Unfortunately, I didn't have a great relationship with my mum and dad and my brother and sister um, to the point now we haven't spoken for about 10 years. Um, but it was evident when I, when I was a kid um, and, I, and I didn't feel that I could speak any time that I think I tried to it wasn't nothing nothing came of it mm. so eventually and I'm quite a I'm an introverted extrovert so gem- <laughs> yeah I think a lot of people are actually yeah. aren't they so generally I'm an introvert and I keep people at arm's length and yeah. that kind of come on to where that portrayed in my work in <laughs> life um, but when I'm comfortable I'm very extrovert yeah um so I just went very quiet as a child, um, didn't really interact, but then had this burning desire when I was a kid. The only thing I wanted was kids, to be a dad. Okay. Because that was like when I'd made it. Oh, that's and lovely. I, that's interesting um, because yeah. you don't get many men who, that is what their aspiration yeah, is. Yeah, and know, that was it. I just wanted a house and kids. Yeah. That's really lovely. Um, but that kind of caused a few problems later on in life okay. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that's all I wanted. And... I was I was very quiet. I used to go to my room, spent a lot of time in my room on my own, walking the dog on my own, mm. and that started playing rugby. And all the time through school, I knew I was a little bit different. I never really fitted in. Mm. I wasn't a complete outlier. That oddity that's in the this corner. This sounds like the, all three of us. Yeah. Well, do you know what? There's a there's a phrase I I always used to use, which was I always felt like I was outside looking in. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I know what you mean. You were still. I had you could mix with any group about as well. That, Absolutely, yeah, that was me. Absolutely, my closest friends through school. I was kind of in that group, but I was on the out. Yeah. I always felt like I was on the outside of it. Never in the core of it. Yeah, never at the centre of it. Hated the attention being put on me. Yeah. Again, didn't mind in a group situation yeah. if it was a general conversation, but if someone went, "Yeah, John," and looked to stare. Sorry, I stared mm. at something then. It's a podcast, I forget people can't see. <laughs> I do all the time. But yeah. yeah. And then I'd really colour up and I'd, I hated it. Yeah. Um but very comfortable around people. Like you say, you can get on with any group get on with in anyone, school. Yeah. Two good um, friends and then sort of flooded yeah. around them. But then could never really pinpoint why I wasn't very happy. You know, I couldn't open up to my brother and sister, I couldn't open up to my mum and dad or I didn't feel like I could. Yeah, is, is probably the best phrase of it because my childhood wasn't unhappy. I'm not painting a picture of it was miserable and I cried myself to sleep every night. Far from it. I think I had a great childhood, mm. but those rela- like personal relationships couldn't form them. Yeah. Now, do you think that that is because you? It was something to do with you why you couldn't form them, or do you think emotionally they couldn't allow you that space to have those relationships? Possibly a bit of both. Right, okay. Um, you know, I was born in the 70s yeah. in Widnes. Yeah. Very manual town. Very you working know, class town. Working class Where love wasn't given town. freely. They weren't huggy or no, talk about and, it. And my yeah. mum wasn't 
I think, don't get me wrong, I think my mum and dad did love me. Mm. I'm not, oh, so yeah. I'm not trying to point yeah. out, like, yeah. say anything was wrong with that, yeah. but it was more a case of they couldn't show it or they didn't show it in a way that I needed to receive it. Yes, yeah. you know, my that el- makes my complete eldest, sense. My, my eldest um, sibling's my sister, so she took up a lot of my mum's time. My, my brother had very similar interests to my dad. Yeah. So that would take, I was kind of the outlier who mm-hmm. didn't have any of the same interests as, as anybody and stuff like that. So I felt very isolated. And a lot of the time, I, I've got the mentality of, well, stuff, I'll do it on my own. Yeah. yeah. And that's carried me through. And that's carried, I still have that today, but now I use it in a positive yeah. way. Yeah. As opposed to then, it was just, this is kind of what I've got to do. Yeah. Self defense. It's funny, isn't it? What the, yeah. the things that, that you pick up. Mm-hmm. Which got you through initially have now become your strengths. That's it. There's, there's quite a, that. there's quite a lot of things that yeah. I now use as a bit of a strength. I understand that. And and work with it. Um, so yes, that was that was childhood. I drifted yeah. to university. Didn't know what I wanted to do, but always was was always very academic. Mm. I had no problem getting into university, but I was on a course. I wasn't interested in it. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew that this wasn't what I wanted to do. And I think that's part of the problem that a lot of people suffer from. Yeah. You don't know what you want, but you know what you don't you want. You know what you don't want. Mm-hmm. It's much easier to say I don't want that because you know you don't want it. If yeah. you're brave enough to say you don't want it. Yeah. 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 So I drifted to university, ended up in a similar way to you, Michael. <laughs> I got, I, you got a, a summer job, didn't you? Yeah. At, at a big bank. And, and I know the name came years. out the other yeah. day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the name came out the other day, but I won't repeat it. Yeah. But anyway, I... Um, my university course was a gap year. I had a gap year that I had to go out into industry. So I was applying to a lot of banks because it was maths I was doing. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. And I had an interview with with a bank and they turned me down for the gap year. And then a couple of weeks later, they must have got my applications mixed up in the HR department and sent me an offer of a job, like a right. job interview. Yeah. And that's so I thought, well, I'll go to the interview. So I went to the interview really did really really well in the interview they offered me the job and then I had a big decision to make now I wasn't living at home I'd moved out with my uh, it became my first wife at the time um, and so I was like might as well because it's an opportunity you know I'm not doing very well at uni and I wasn't I'd have to repeat because I wasn't going yeah. me and my mate in he came from McGull yeah. and we get the train in at the same time we meet just outside Lime Street and one of us look at the other one and go Breakfast. <laughs> and it was it was the mid nineties. It was when we just got credit cards, but they weren't obviously weren't machines. Yeah. It was the swipe thing. Oh and yeah. The yeah. only place you could use them was Littlewoods, and Littlewoods have the cafe with the, the breakfast. <laughs> so you just go breakfast, <laughs> and, you then, and then we get on the train home, and we just completely not go yeah. to lectures and stuff. So I went into to work. Mm. Um, started work. And again, you kind of fall into it. You then get responsibilities. Children yeah. came. Mm-hmm. Um, promotions came quite fast for me, luckily. Again, because I am very academic and um, it just came easy. Things like solutions, logic, yeah. things like that that we were doing just came very easy to me. And I think, in all honesty, had I been looking for a job, I would have pitched myself higher than the one I accepted. Yeah. But at the time, it made sense to do it, and it's all worked out great. Because look at me now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you've got to start somewhere. Well, right? yeah, and it was it was good to learn, and the progression gives you that hit of approval. Mm. I'm doing a good job here. Yeah. Good yeah. But again, I didn't fit in. Right. I mean, I'm sat here in, in shorts and a short sleeve shirt with tattoos. I know everywhere. exactly what you I mean. I don't fit. Yeah. The corporate yeah. mold, yeah. and I never did. But if your face didn't fit in I that world, it's like pushing a square into a circle. Yeah, oh, but I, God, I yeah. hid it inside. Yeah, um, it was always suit, shirt and tie. My attitude to other people. <laughs> Did you get pulled up on it? But, no, I didn't. Actually, <laughs> were you very nice? I, were you a I didn't people? because no people just used to. I was never a people pleaser, but I'd always just do the job. I'd go into work. Mm. The reason I was in that office was to do the job. It wasn't to make friends. It wasn't yeah. to socialise. It was to do the job. So if someone came to speak to me about work, great, not a problem at all. If they came to speak to me about what I was doing at the weekend or what I did at the weekend, yeah, no, sorry, can't do it. I mean, I've said this jokingly, I've my my idea of hell's a family wedding. 
Sorry, yeah. family, it's not your fault, but it's that. We discussed that. Small, the small talk. Yeah, forceful, yeah, small talk yeah. and so and that kind of level of socialising. Yeah. Now, look, I was, I was lucky because the jobs that I ended up, every job I've ever had always gravitated to be like a support function for a department. Mm. So looking at the health and safety and the risk and compliance issues and um, all manner of things that go on as an aside. Um, and they always used to come to me because the logic of me and the black and white of me. But what it didn't help me do was integrate into the wider department because I didn't need to speak to people. Or yeah. if I did speak to people, it generally meant something's gone wrong and you've got to fix it. Yeah, yeah. So it was never for fun? <laughs> no, no. But yeah, my, my social skills weren't great. I mean, I had a... <laughs> I was known as being really sarcastic. No. Nothing wrong with that. Well, <laughs> I, I get well, by. <laughs> there is, there is... If you're not sarcastic, oh. you're telling the truth. Okay. Oh, okay. So you were just brutal <laughs> oh, So you were yeah. just painfully So I'd, 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 I'd skirt across both ends of that. So sometimes I would be sarcastic, yeah. but it wasn't a natural thing. I'd put it on. So, for example, I, I was late for work one day. Mm. And my boss at the time, I, I didn't get on with her. And I'll hold my hands up. It was all my fault because at the time, if someone wasn't as clever as me, oh my God. I didn't like You them. too. We had a here the other week saying, I'm the cleverest person in the, in the room. room. I said, well, I'll just get me coke, guys. Well, yeah. God. But it's yeah. a battle of brains but, going yeah, on. Was, no, it was. And, and, and I don't like that person. Like, I look back at younger John, yeah. and I don't like younger John at all the decisions he made yeah. the way I was. And I was never horrible. Mm. I was never malicious. I just wasn't nice. No. It was kind of flatlined. But yeah. my whole emotional range, because as a kid, I'd shut off my emotions, so I wouldn't cry, yeah. I wouldn't be sad, I wouldn't be angry, I wouldn't be happy. You were just there. I'd be flat there, I was yeah. just there, yeah. And so this carried on, and that was a self-defence mechanism. But what it didn't allow me to do, particularly as a teenager and a young adult, was to develop how to deal with those feelings and those emotions. Yeah. So, yeah, so in, in work, this boss, I, she was the nicest person, though she would do anything for you. I just couldn't get on with her because I, I couldn't communicate to her. Yeah. At That's all. an issue, yeah. <laughs> was, yeah. yeah. And so when it came down to like I'd be late for work one day. I don't know. Oh God. I remember her. Look at me, I said, oh, look, Mark, I'm I'm really sorry. Um I was late, Jay had me it was when Jay was a toddler, mm. my eldest was a toddler. We had the car keys and that I couldn't find them because they wander off. So oh they're always in the last place to look, aren't you? Aren't they? And I went, Well no, because I looked behind the couch and under the bed after I found them. And she looked at me with this blank expression on her it. face and didn't get it at all. Oh, no. And I was like, and I just walked off quite happy. <laughs> she sat here. No, she didn't say anything. I never, I've never, right, and this will she surprise probably. Mike more than anybody, but I've never been sacked. I've never been disciplined. I've never been You've got away with words, then, haven't you? You've got away with um, getting away with them. I think it's just if you say things, but then people take it as sarcasm. Mm. Oh, isn't he funny? Like, yeah. just that response and that. But I remember one day, he came over to me and the small talk again. And because of the role I did, I got a lot of updates outside of the normal chain. Yeah. So I'd generally put the updates into the top of the chain to the director to filter down to the team. So, be so there was no point in me getting them. So it ended up, I hadn't spoke to her for about three months. And this was my direct line manager. Um, she came over on Friday. And she went, oh... Hey John, I thought I'd come over. We haven't spoke for a while. I thought I'd come over and, and catch up and have a chat. Catch up, right? So I'm writing an email. He goes grey. Oh god. Yeah. Well, I did, but I'm thinking in my head, catch up about what? I haven't got anything to say to you. Yeah. Right. So I'm typing an email. I said, Oh yeah, just let me send this, and I'll I'll be with you. Now I turned round from. I had. I was lucky. I had the corner desk in the office and it was quite nice and, and I had a visitor's chair and stuff it was lovely it was lovely fancy pants yeah mm. I think they put me there like, like try and do things to make him happy <laughs> and that, which has been a general thing give him some chocolates yeah I turned around to speak to her um, but then and it was 8.57 that was an important time 8.57 okay, noted. On that, right? okay. so I turned around and went right okay now, in my head, you've come over to talk to me, mm. so you've got something to say. I haven't got anything to say, but I'll quite happily respond. Yeah, yeah. And this is this is my social mm. skills. I know Absolutely it's appalling. Love it. So I sat there. <laughs> Look at his little face. 
do you know what though? That makes per- in, in my head that makes perfect sense. You've yeah. asked to speak to yeah, me. Yeah, but if he see now, if somebody did that to me, that would be fine because I obviously can just yadder on. Yeah. But if she's got nothing to say to you, that's awkward on another level. Yeah, and it did. <laughs> yeah. Now, now in my head, I've planned out what I'm doing that morning in my my team meeting because I was actually a manager at, at mm. myself for people at the time. Um, where I was going on my lunch to get stuff for the Friday night and what we were doing Friday night. And this was all while she was stood in front of you? She was sat in, in front of me. I'm still there. <laughs> and every now and again, I'd go, mm. oh, and just change direction, right? In the end, and now I nearly spoke at one point, <laughs> and again, <laughs> the, sick, the sick voice in my head goes, no, because I can see you're really uncomfortable now. You didn't. Yeah. <gasps> and no, I you did. You really were mean. I was. At times. I can't believe this. Because you're not, you, that's not you now. <laughs> <laughs> she you says no, I'll wait for 10 minutes. <laughs> I feel like we've got well, a challenge And here. then in, yeah. In, yeah, in, in the end, she went, right, okay, well, I'm sure you're busy, so I'll let you get on. And so I said, okay, I'll speak to you soon. And turned back to my PC. Now, it was 8.57 when I turned that way. Yeah. What time was it when I turned back? Please tell me it was just 8.58. Go on. <laughs> 9.06. Shut up. She didn't... So for nine, nine minutes. minutes. <laughs> now, we did it, and I could see you straight away, Mike. You were a little bit uncomfortable with me just sat there looking at you. And that was like 10 seconds. <laughs> that was probably that guy's that me flashbacks. Is that true? You really <laughs> God's honest that. truth. That's amazing. Also, that lady, though, she's got... <laughs> But I'm completely on your side here. I mean, don't don't say I want to come and have a word with you, and then not have, have anything to no, say. The point, I think, the point I'm trying to make there is that was my social skills at the time, which weren't very good, and I was very black and white. And and the person I was then didn't have any feelings, so I didn't have any emotion. So no. I knew what I was doing wasn't the nicest of things to do, <laughs> right? but I also didn't attach any feelings or emotion to it. So it didn't resonate with you. Now I'm very, very comfortable with with awkward silences mm. that people get. If you haven't got anything to say, well, what's the point of saying something? Mm. Um, but that was kind of where I was at the time. You know, there's lots of lots of things that then kind of came from that, but that made me the perfect auditor. <laughs> Mm. nobody likes them anyway <laughs> no, compliance so it was audit risk and compliance that we dealt with complaints processes you know health yeah. and safety all the things that are, are ancillary to the actual operation and you can centralize I'm very and black and white yeah mm. very black and white you've got a definitive answer so I wasn't very happy in the job I wasn't getting much satisfaction at all the problem I found in later life is it's not the job it's work. I don't like work. Yeah. And I know like lots of people will say I don't like work. It I really it gets in the way of life for me. I know I've got to do it to have a certain level of, yeah. of life, lifestyle and that. But I just don't like it. So there's never gonna be an ideal job for me. I was gonna say, so it's not that you've not found no. your thing, it's no. just that you know anything I did yeah. you don't want to be I doing would it. end up right. after a relatively short period, like I could be a professional rugby player. Yeah. After six months, sick of it. You'd be bored. I'd be like, I'm go training again. Yeah. You know, not not looking at all the benefits yeah. it gives you and all the plus side. Now, or if you enjoy look it. At, yeah. And that, but it was something that I was. Um, I had kids. Mm-hmm. I was the only breadwinner in the household, and it was my job. I was the provider. And was that a lot of pressure? Man. I didn't think it was personally, mm. um, but it took its toll. You know, at the time, it was something I relished because yeah. my dream from being a kid was to have a house and kids, and I had that. And this is have what, you this, dream. Is, this is what I had to do. Yeah, it's to have that. So interesting how it how your dream can sometimes lead to you your undoing in many ways because you push yourself so hard to keep yeah. everything together well, that's yeah, I mean what happens when you yeah. achieve your dream and it's not, what not fulfilling like you yeah. thought it would be 
I don't get me wrong, like having kids is fulfilling. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, oh, yeah. You do anything for your kids. If, if they are listening, hi, kids. <laughs> Love you so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I don't yeah. think it's they, that. They'll bring you those yeah. kids. They know. They know. It's, it's not like that. people always ask about who's your favourite. I haven't got a favourite. I dislike them all equally. Yeah, <laughs> I say that. <laughs> but, but yeah, I know exactly what yeah. you mean, though. It's... It was the, the extra pressures of not just me working, there was a lot of family issues. Mm. Um, not issues, but extra factors that you take in that if I could just have lived in isolation with my kids yeah that would be fine yeah, yeah. but then having to deal with other people yeah. was not my forte no and it's bloody hard work when things start to go yeah you know it's um, one of the major life stresses yeah absolutely so then move on got made redundant was off work for six months um, my first marriage had, had ended at that point um, and I'd met somebody new, mm-hmm. but got made redundant. I had six months off, loved six months off. It was like I was retired, and mm-hmm. I had this pot of gold, but then obviously you realise I've got to go to work yeah. because you've got things, bills to pay, and yeah. you know, stuff like that. So I ended up working with you, Mike. You ended up working with me in a place, yeah, in a place <laughs> <laughs> that. Yeah, and it was it was good. It was like I enjoyed it. Like for for all the things we said, like we've said previously about yeah. it, and probably will say again in the future. There's a lot of characters there. Yeah. There's a lot of things that weren't PC. There was a lot of things that were. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's a lot of things that didn't work, and you had to to fight to get them to work, which was good. I think it taught you a lot. Yeah. Um, could it have been better? Yes. Could it? I mean, we had a great time. We did, I mean. In our little office, which was kind of segregated, and we had a good laugh. Yes, the work could have been better, the, the career path could have gone better, probably. Yeah. And all things like that. But in terms of, could we it have been better? Because we were five blokes that were shoved in a room that, you know, you, I walked in, you were already there from earlier on that I year, don't, Yeah, you? I'd already started by the time you started um, there. And, that, and I was the last one to join the team, as yeah. it were. I mean, it's ten years ago now, I mean, it's not yeah. going to make any difference, but, I mean, towards the end of our time there, when the takeover was happening and work was getting a little bit slack, we'd go into work and we'd spend all day playing online chess with each other. Bowling. Temping bowling. <laughs> Temping bowling! <laughs> and because it was on Skype, if someone was off-site, we'd mm. have a game against them as well. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mind you. All spare, but we did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it could have been better, but yeah. And then when I left, they got taken over, I got absorbed in, and I had an interesting boss there who told me that him and his boss had inherited me from the takeover. Mm. Had, I was basically saying you're not wanted. Well, had it went a step further than <laughs> oh, wow, okay. actually inherited you from the takeover. If we were advertising for this job now. You wouldn't get it. Wow. Cheers, mate. He didn't like my response of, I know, because I wouldn't have applied for it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I I knew my job and I knew what I had to do and why the business had kept me on. I wasn't wasn't, um, closed off to that. Um, But again, I kind of probably felt more secure in, in that office at that time than I had in my in my working life yeah and could open up a little bit more I was going to say do you think that's because you're not blowing smoke up your bum but because you're with Mike and he is very easy to talk to I mean did you have a nice group I think there is that we had a good friendly relationship all of us just got on it was just you know sometimes you put a team together don't you yeah Yeah. if you put five people together yeah it's a case of sink or swim basically we very much swam right from the word go because we all had slightly different jobs so there was no one-upmanship on each other, yeah, which you that. often find in teams yeah. and stuff like that. Because that's stressful. That's why I hate yeah. working in corporate environments, yeah. because I just anything like that will just make me walk the other way. Yeah. Uh, it's not, I don't do a peeing contest. It's not for me. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really nice yeah. that you'd found each other. And, and it, it was, what, yeah, nice and it was. It was just a nice environment. Now, we, we didn't... I, don't, I can't really remember any deep and meaningful conversations <laughs> any, of us, any of us had. No. But it felt like a safe environment. Yeah. I mean, for me, at that time as well, I was not me who sits here now. No. He... Had more hair. I did have more (laughs) hair back then. I've discovered clippers since then. You were coming out of work, though, and your nervous system wasn't frazzled. You were coming out and you felt good, all of you. 
Yeah, well, I don't know what I mean. I don't want to speak for you. I mean, for me, it wasn't. I I, th- I was in a point where I'd spent a long career working in in finance and wanted to get into a training role and wanted to work with people, but I you know I chased training roles to get experience of what it was like to be an actual trainer mm. and get some you know grounding in that. But what I was training was like how to use this electronic device. And that's not not where my heart lay. Mm. So it was it was you know it wasn't an unpleasant atmosphere. Working with you lads was always you know a, a good experience to be. But from a from a personal satisfaction point of view, you know I didn't you know I wasn't celebrating no. any wins coming out of there. For me, it was it was very much. Yeah, I think the, I'm doing this with a long term. I aim. think the difference there is you were looking for the career in the job path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas at that point, I'd already accepted the fact. <laughs> I was never going. Like I was it, never yeah. going to push myself. I yeah. had enough about me that I would never struggle to get a job, and the job would always pay well. Because one thing I had done um, when I was at the bank, I wasn't very happy, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to do the training. I wanted mm. to try and take a shortcut to put something on my CV that would look good. Yeah, that I could then go. <laughs> and that's going to get me a job. Yeah, right? and and that's the thing about me. I'm very lazy, but wily. But it makes me efficient <laughs> in what I do. Yeah. So every job I do. Generally, mm. I will do it quicker than other people. Yeah. Um, and that, so my shortcut was to apply to be a mensa. Which <laughs> <Did> you do. <laughs> <laughs> the confidence and, in this room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, that, and so I went and you do the test a little bit online. I was like, actually, I'm quite good at these. Mm. Well, you, you were know? good at and math, there was always something. Yeah, yeah, there was always something about me that was different than that. So I applied to be a mensa. Um, went and sat and invigilated exam and got in. <laughs> Okay. And so that didn't help. Do you know your IQ score then? 155. Oh, mine's 165. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I said that with a straight face. And a if she could have picked up that mic and dropped it, she would have done <laughs> Just walking out. Yeah. I think we all know that's an untruth. <laughs> Don't we? But, no, but that didn't really do anything to... to stop me in my kind of social skills of people... Who didn't have a score as high, let's yeah. say, yeah. and that, and, and my tolerance of people, hmm. so in, just in general. Really. At what point then mental. did you? I don't use the word unravel, but how did your mental health issues manifest? Like, how, what, how did you know? Like, apart from obviously you told us how yeah, you felt. Yeah, so I got I got that, and then I, I went contracting hmm. once I'd been once I'd finished working there and contracting again, very black and white. But I like that because you were given a list of this is what you do to get paid. And if you do this list, then you don't get paid. Mm. So it was very easy for me to, to accommodate in that. Money was good. Um, and so it fit with me. But then over time, my, my second marriage struggled, mm. came to an end. Um, and I ended up, my contract in Chester had come to an end. I wasn't getting extended. So I went up to Glasgow. And this was really where the dark times right. came. Now, when I say dark times, let's not blame the, Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was it's the lowest I've ever been. Yeah. But I was nowhere near doing anything stupid. No. Okay. So I know that the low, I, there, there was a lot more, a lot lower I could have gone. Yeah. yeah. But for me, it's the lowest point I've ever been in my life. Yeah. So I'm I'm thankful for that because yeah. it, you know. Whilst I've talked about a number of issues and, yeah. and things that I've had through my life, I've never been that low. Now, whether that's because I've never experienced something that triggers me or whether it's something to do with how my mind works or not, I don't know. But Yeah, it's an it's, interesting it's one, thing. that. It's, yeah. um, it's one of those things, it's the same with people with addiction, that whole question of why can some people stop and save themselves and why some people just keep going and Absolutely. kill themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'd love for there to be more... Um, studies on that, you know, mm-hmm. what is it about that? And that's it, and that's where, when, when you mentioned before, Mike, about, about judging, someone can come up to you now, I could, I don't know, I, I, someone living with diabetes, for example, they've got an illness that they're mm. never gonna, they're never gonna get over. It's there all the time, every day, every day they have to take sugars, etc., mm. etc. Et well, someone coming up to them saying, oh, I'm just really down because I feel really ill. And that because they've got a cold. Yeah. Yeah. 
You don't, you don't judge the circumstances. That yeah. person with diabetes could turn around and go, "Well, that's nothing. I've got, yeah. I've got this that could kill me." Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. If, but that is low for that person. Yeah, exactly. And what's affected yeah. that person? So yeah. it's important that you don't go, "Well, yeah. my life's even worse than yours. So why aren't you happy?" Yeah, yeah. it's all. It you know, it's all relative yeah, it is, to the individual, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, um, to what your frame of reference so again, is. Yeah. On, so again, yeah. So yeah, my low point compared to some people's low point, was probably quite high. Mm. But I went on a contract to Glasgow, which I didn't particularly want to do. Um, 300 miles away from my kids, 300 miles away from from the one thing that kind of kept me in check over the years, and that was playing rugby. Mm. Because in a, a rugby changing room, you're vulnerable. But you're also so very safe. Because you've talked about your relationship in that, in that workplace and yeah. with people. What's what's so, your rugby relationships like with, so with, with those fine. team rugby's lads, fine because you get in and I think it does come for me the whole the whole one of the the main issues around mental health is about being vulnerable for a man about being vulnerable yeah so if you go into a rugby changing room it doesn't matter what your mental health is what your life's like you're vulnerable because you will get ripped to shreds for the smallest thing yeah but you also know that those. 15, 16, 17 other lads around there have your back mm-hmm. without question. Yeah. 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 On the pitch and off it. Yeah. So that was fine because whilst you're vulnerable, you know it's okay to be vulnerable. Yeah. But you were all equally vulnerable. Yes. And that could be because of something that I'm struggling with. Yeah. Or it could just be because, I don't know, I've dropped, dropped my towel in the water. Mm. And they all start making fun of them. You know, it could be anything like it's that. It's that safe space thing again. And it's the safe yeah. space. Yeah. So outside of that, I'd kept a couple of friends from school, so that group I was in with school. Yeah. But then when my first marriage ended, that friendship ended as well. Um, and I wasn't, I'm not very good socially. Mm. I, I'm not very good with people. I want to keep people at arm's length. And one thing, one thing that I used as a bit of a, a method of doing that well there's a couple of things I coped with but uh, Karen can you pass me that cup mm. oh, you want me to do it now Ooh. okay there you go so I didn't ask you to pass it I didn't say anything when you said I said can you pass me the cup oh so people had come up to me and I was an SME I pick up on processes a lot quicker than most people yeah so I became an SME and I'm QC and things like that John can I ask you a question Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it's a closed question they've asked. Yes There's or something no. I need to can ask I you. Or I'd elaborate, I'd elaborate yeah. to, well, you can, but you really don't need to because you've just asked me if you can ask me a question by asking me a question. So that answers your question. Oh, you're a slippery fish. You yeah. are, but I had, <laughs> My My, my um, justification mm. for that was I had a target to hit. Mm. And so whilst people would come up and ask questions, I didn't get time for answering those questions. And Why do you think paid. you like to keep people at arm's length, though? Where's that come from? I'm interested. Have you worked I, it out? I just think... I think from child, everything stems from childhood, mm. doesn't it? Because um, I have I a similar the, thing. The kinda, I think you do as well. Yeah, yeah, well, do you know what? This is what I was going to ask you, because the stuff you're telling me here is ringing so many yeah. bells for me. Yeah. What I was going to ask you is... Have you ever had a diagnosis of... Oh, my God, Dr. Mike in the house. <laughs> well, I'm not... I mean, I'm no diagnostician, doctor, or anything like that, but when, when I, when when I, I hear what, you, what you're talking about, yeah. I'm, my brain's going, autism, autism, because that's completely where I am. Now, I didn't get my diagnosis until 45, 46. I, yeah, I think mine is a combination of not having the relationship as a child. Yeah to speak not mm. being someone who wants to put themselves forward yeah <coughs> excuse me <coughs> but also I think that there's there's something in the wiring yeah that makes me like that you just you know, I think it's definitely wired the way that I, <coughs> when I was younger I, su- I suppressed my feelings and emotions sorry <coughs> Um, but yeah, I suppressed my feelings and emotions, so I couldn't connect with people mm. because to connect with someone and actually speak to them and build a friend, it takes emotions and feelings, mm. and I, I, I struggled with that. But I don't but you think do it's. Now. I can now. I mean, you're great. But I don't think 
Oh, thanks. Well, no, I, I'm not sure really it is. Beer. I think it's it, it's kind of a realization of something that was there. Okay. So, when I was in Glasgow, when we talk, we talked about mm. that. But yeah, keeping people's arms length, and and that that's just an example of one of the <laughs> things I would use. <laughs> used to have people when I was in Glasgow, someone would come up, and I always used to put my headphones on because again, my role changed into something that I supported in terms of MI and and different things for the department as opposed to doing the job. But that came with people wanting to ask me questions. Mm. So I'd be sat with my headphones in doing my work. And I'd see people come in to speak to me down the aisle, down the row, and that. But I wouldn't acknowledge them. Mm. It's almost like if I don't acknowledge them, they're going to go away. Yeah. So they're not going to disturb me so I can get my work done. Yeah. And they wouldn't. But they wouldn't tap me on the shoulder to ask me a question or get my attention. They would stand there. <laughs> so they're in my peripheral vision. I know they're there. But they haven't done anything to get... <laughs> to get so I, would, yeah. I would sit there and do my work yeah. and just leave them until they... And in my, in, Again, I justify everything. If I want to ask someone a question, mm. I'll go and ask them. Yeah. I won't go and just stand by them and wait. No. You know, I've walked all the way across the office to speak to you. You are, you are as literal as it comes. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I, they, which made me um, think which, why... It, yeah. ugh, that's why I asked if there was... But do you any think sort of being any that way autism there? has contributed to where you got to? Like you know, the the not the the repressing your emotions and the not mixing and acknowledging that you were doing it. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that is eventually on top of everything else? What caused you to to plummet a little bit? Because it sounds like you've worked on yourself since then. Yeah, I didn't know I didn't know how to deal with emotions at all. Right. And that and one thing that I am is very conscious that my life at any point in time my life's my own making mm-hmm. you're the product of all the decisions you've made whether Absolutely. they're good or bad and yeah. that's where you sit today. and so that point in Glasgow I was 300 miles away from my kids I'm seeing them every other weekend got two marriages behind me one that was it was ongoing but wasn't wasn't wonderful and was coming to an end and I recognised that but again I didn't have the strength of character Glasgow was a bit of a an escape yeah. from from the norm um, until I felt I could deal with whatever issues I had, um, and so I was quite isolated and alone. And that, and I, what I did though, it was nobody else's fault, and so that kind of me holding my hands up and and I'm the product of all my decisions. So I am here on my own, in a flat in Glasgow, it's raining, it's dark, I'm miles away from anybody, really, I know, um, that's my fault. Mm. And that's the product of, of what I've done in my life. Yeah. And that's what made me low, because it's my fault. Yeah. So it's okay. my fault that I'm here, it's my fault that I'm not very happy, it's my fault that I'm not fulfilled in life, it's my fault that... I'm not seeing the kids. It's my fault that I'm not round the corner from the kids, so I can't help them out. Mm. You know, and and all these things are going going on in, in my thinking. Um, and they've carried on. And I again, I'm there to work, so I used to get up. I used to get train up on a Monday, uh, go straight to the office. From the office, I'd go to the gym. From the gym, I'd go to my flat at the time. Mm. I eventually then went to hotels, but I'd go to um, my flat, nip to the shop, and get my supplies for the week. And then the next day, get up, go to the gym, go to the office, go to the gym again after the office, go back to the flat. Mm. And that would repeat until Friday. And Friday was gym, office, train home. Yeah. Mm. Didn't socialise. Right. You know, had little chats with people in the office, but not very good at small talk. Mm. So let's put my headphones on so I can do my job. Yeah. Um, and there was lots of times where I started thinking... Um, but the main thing that happened for me was a friend um, I'd known him from previous contract um, never asked me you okay Mm, never did never did anything to to get me to talk pestered me to work out with him 
come to the gym, come work out, come work out. And I was going to the gym anyway, mm. but not at the same time as him. We were at different gyms and stuff. Yeah. And this went on for about six months. And in the end, I went, okay, I'll come to the gym with you. So we went once a week. And then we started going twice a week. Mm. And he'd signed up to a PT. So one of the sessions was with a PT and the other one. And then it was, do you want to come back to the flat for food? Because he had a flat with, with um, one of the girls on the contract with us. Mm. And they shared a flat. Um, you want to come back to the flat? And so I resisted yeah. for a while. But he kept on. Mm. And it just opened up. And I think what it did what it did for me, and it comes back to the safe space, what it mm. did for me was to say, look, you're not in a good place. And this person still wants to be around you and values your company. Yeah. yeah. And wants it more yeah. and more. And then eventually when I used to go back for food, then his flatmate would then talk. And obviously that's that's the female side of it. Yeah. She'd talk more and she'd ask a few questions. Nothing too in depth yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah. it'd get me to talk and I'd talk about a bit about how I was feeling, a bit about what was going on. That's good. And that then made me realise that actually right to be vulnerable yeah. and so what that then sparked in me was well I'll do it to a few other people in the office kind of test it out yeah. with yeah. the people that are like minded that are that you've got a connection and, with and they responded well well yeah. not so much I had a connection with mm. at that point but my friends ah, okay. had connections with mm-hmm. so because they were like minded yeah. so yeah. if they liked them well they must, be, must all right. be all right yeah. Yeah. Um, and that worked out and you get positive yeah, feedback from that then started going to a pub quiz with them on a Thursday night and socialising. Yeah. And so at the pub quiz, there'd be the, the normal group of us that I was already talking with and, and building those bonds with. But then other people from the office would come out. And it was like, actually, this isn't that bad. Mm. Yeah. Still, I still keep people at arm's length a hell of a lot. Yeah, me too. But that's just the way I am, and that's yeah. the way I'll always be. But it's, it's using things to to get you through I guess isn't it keeping people's arm's length isn't a bad thing I think it's just protecting it your I think when you're I don't know if you're a sensitive person or not I, I don't mm. know because we've not discussed it but I think if you are quite a sensitive person it's just a way of protecting your space Yeah. Um, because I can almost immediately know who is a good I don't want to say good sort but if for want of a better word a good sort or somebody that's I'm going to get along with mm-hmm. Um. And if there's any inclination that it's not going to go that way, I'll I'll back off completely. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd rather just not, like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. I can do the whole face value sort of interactions, but in terms of actually getting to know someone properly, I would keep yeah. them at arm's length. Absolutely. Just like you. And it's your just protecting carefully. yourself. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah, and then it just, it just slowly um, carried on from there, really. With people that with, you with felt people that, that I felt could, comfortable yeah. with, and that, and like I say, a lot of people um, I still keep at arm's length, but you know, and then COVID hit, <laughs> yeah, and so I was in Glasgow, so we got sent home, yeah, lockdown here. Mm-hmm. I had three months off work without pay, without actually working, and that they kept us on contract mm-hmm. while they were trying to sort out the home working equipment. Now, luckily for me. I decided that the lockdown was going to be a couple of week thing. It's not going to be. A <laughs> I think issue. I think everybody thought that. Yeah. Didn't. So I kept in routine. So I was getting up early in the morning, taking my dog for a walk, going for a long walk with the dog. By this time, I was I was I was single at this time. Right. Um, so there was only me in the house. Um, three the the elder three children lived in England. I was in Wales at the time. Mm. So the rules were different. You couldn't cross borders, and everything was a yeah. bit of a nightmare. So we've been very careful. So I wasn't seeing the kids as much as I normally would have. But took the dogs for a walk. Then I'd work out. Then I'd go on my bike. And then they started uh, rugby league from Australia because all sport over here had stopped, but Australia were a bit further ahead, so they started the NRL. Yeah. But, so it was great because Sky were broadcasting all the games. So I'd sit on my exercise bike mm-hmm. watching a game and have a quick shower, then there'd be another game on. I'd have something to eat, and then there'd be another game on. And then in the afternoon, the sun had... It was, Great weather. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it was, I remember Yeah, that. it was, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a really lovely summer. I'd, I'd, I'd go and do some gardening, but in, in effect, I'd do, in three hours, I'd probably do actually 10 minutes of gardening because I'd sit up and do a bit of it, and then I'd go and lie back down. Yeah. And it was great. And at and this point, it. were you feeling better? I was feeling great. I was on top of so the world. So you'd had yeah. that dip, and so then you met those I'd people. I'd had the dip and kind of been brought out of it. I'd done a, I'd done a lot of work on myself yeah. In, yeah. in terms of what we were talking about before, who I am. 
Yes. What I am, what I'm not. Yeah. Where I am, why am I here? What decisions have led me? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Why am I like this? And and your your point of have I ever been? No, I haven't. Because it's come up. It comes up a lot. Right. (laughs) Now here's the thing. So you don't. It comes up a lot because I'm like, well, I am in a great place. I've got a great life. I was going to say, what difference would it make to you now? No, it wouldn't, wouldn't make, make any, would any it? difference at all. No. And it's it's funny because my kids tell people I'm autistic. <laughs> and that. Um, neurodiverse. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. They, they've been growing up with me, so it's, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, neurodiverse now, isn't it? Um, but yeah, we've had that. I, I had a man, one of the managers in Glasgow, and I've always been literal, and I always will be. Yeah. He asked me a question. He was clearly doing some work for a senior manager mm. with one of the other one of the other managers. They were both called, both had the same name. Yeah, but they were there a bit stressed. And they asked me a question because I'm the SMA and I know all this. So the thing that they were doing, I found out later. I could have, I actually already had it done. I just needed to tweak a couple of pivot tables and that be it. Um, but they would do John, and they said, "Can QCs do this?" Mm. Whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, they can. And he looked at me, and I went, "If you're asking, should they? No, they shouldn't. But they can do it. Yeah." Yeah, that's not the question you asked. And he went, "Oh, John, why are you so literal all the time? Why are you like this? Yeah. <laughs> why are you like this?" Now, the guy I was talking about, my friend, actually sat next to me. It was like the worst place to put us mm. two together, right in the corner of the office. He was quite quiet. That little devil in my head <laughs> made me say, I think it was the devil saying it, it wasn't me. Yeah. So, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really sorry. It, it's the, the mild Asperger's I have that makes me so literal. <laughs> he nearly fell off a chair and then he didn't speak to me for about three weeks. Because oh. he thought he'd put his foot in it. Yeah. I thought it was quite hysterical. My mate thought it was absolutely hysterical, but then told me off for doing it. Um, and what I've, what I've found is with me and the whole spotlight on me yes. is something I've really struggled with yeah. I put myself in the spotlight take control of it yeah. and then I can cope with it because yeah. I've put myself there yeah, it's your what? choice then if yeah once you own it yeah. so I make sure I'm in the spotlight all the time so the chances of me being put in the spotlight are limited yeah. because people don't want to because they don't know what they're going to get Yeah. but that what you said there <laughs> though, yeah. in like that sort of like Joking, I'm just going to sort of like wind him up type thing. Yeah, you're probably actually. I'm probably spot on. Although you can't say it because he, you can't use that term, can you? Because he was a Nazi. Well, actually, yeah, Asperger's is a funny thing these days because wasn't he a Nazi? Apparently, Asperger was a Nazi. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. but yeah, I'm I'm definitely. But I I struggle with high functioning these days. But it's it's that higher end of. But I understand that thing of what. It's, if it's not going to make any difference to your life, why would you need no, a diagnosis? Yeah. It's just a label, then, isn't it? It's Absolutely. Not, you know, at this point in your life, where Absolutely. it wouldn't make any difference. It, I'm no. not going to get. I'm not going to get any benefit, or I can't see that there's going to be any benefit. benefit. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to need medication. I'm not going to. Yeah. You know, I'm, so I'm you learning can't. everything about yeah. me anyway. Um, I'm and not going to get access to any funding yeah. or education or anything like that. So it's not worth. And you're in a good yeah. place now. You know, I'm yeah. a great place now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. life is uh, life is great, and it's all that kind of learning and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, from from lockdown, mm-hmm. one thing that did happen: uh, the rugby league team that I, I play for got approached by the charity Rugby League Cares, and that looks after kind of mental health for ex-players. Yeah, is the, is the aim of it? Obviously, recognised that professional sportsmen and women when they stop. There's a big gap because gap it's, it's that adoration, isn't it? Yeah. And and you know you used to be in a public eye and then you're not, and yeah. well, I'm insignificant now, etc., yeah. etc. Et and they ran, they run a program called the Offload Program, and it's all about giving men a mental toolkit. Yeah. Um, and so I got involved in that and ran it for for my team, and that we had we had quite a successful uptake of it. Yeah. Um, and that gave me a lot that gave me that kind of I just did that and all the feedback from everyone was thanks for doing it it was great because you gave it back what are we going to do now because I'm really going to miss that session once a week yeah um, we had guys there that didn't say anything it was an eight week course that mm. they did now some people sat through the whole eight weeks some dipped in and out and that. 
But I remember one guy, he didn't say anything the whole time he was there, right? Signed up and he came and everything. And my car was broken. He gave me a lift to the train station one night to get, and he was like, and he just started opening up and he was like, look, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't speak. Better on a but, one-to-one than in yeah, a... Yeah, he said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I don't speak, but I find this really, really beneficial. I said, I've got, I've got nothing to say, really, but it's just really helping me just being go with life and, and being in that space and, and having that. So thank, yeah. thanks very much. And I was like, look, you don't, there's no pressure for you to speak. You don't no. have to if you don't yeah. want to. If you're getting benefit from just coming, just go. It's fine. But it's what you were talking about earlier, wasn't it? It's in that rugby group allowed to, you know you didn't have to talk no. but just knowing you were in that safe space yeah. where if I wanted to I wouldn't be judged I'd be accepted I'd be listened to yeah for him that probably meant and that that meant that, the world. that was enough because we had we had people that weren't actually from the club as well yeah. come along um because we yeah you'd advertised it, it as much yeah. as we could um and they came along same thing some of them spoke some of them didn't speak um but it was it was creating that environment where you can if you want to. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the key, and that's one of the yes. things that I'm keen to do next year is to start a group in the local area. Where are you based? I'm I, I'm in Helsby. Okay. At the minute, yeah. um, but rugby's all in Chester. Yeah. Well, Chester and on the Wirral. Chester and will you Chester, will you yeah. keep it rugby based and open it up to others open as well? It, open it up to everything. Yeah. Um, I know I can get some kind of inroads into like the offload program yeah. and things like that through rugby. Yeah. But now, are you just predominantly rugby league? No, I'm both. You're both. I, I do yeah. rugby league in Chester and, and rugby union on the Wirral. Because I know so union's got the loose heads program, which yeah. is yeah. fantastic. And that's it. And it's just tapping in. What I want to do is create something where men can go yeah. and do that and feel and they safe are and, essential. and know that they can open up. Yeah. yeah. If that, because there's a lot out there, but there's also not a lot. Yeah, out there's there. not. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say you that because I, mean? I had a little look. Um, before tonight mm-hmm. to see what we what we've got in sort of up north and there's one that dominates I won't you know I will add it to the bottom of the podcast the podcast page because um, I've found them on Instagram um, and then there's some friends who run one called Uncommon Man down in London mm-hmm. yeah and they go and provide a safe space and do breath work and stuff for men and that looks like you know it's got mm-hmm. a good attendance but overall like you say the whole of the UK we really haven't got a lot that's no. it and I think I think a lot there's a lot of factors into that because mm. one men's mental health so men don't talk so you're not going to have yeah. as many people getting involved in it to start something off yeah. in the first instance but I think as well the, the kind of cancel society that we're in so if you remember like Black Lives Matter yeah. and it was an important to me that was an important thing because of what was going on at the time yeah. to highlight it yeah. did it mean that it was just Black Lives Matter no absolutely not no, exactly <laughs> But there was a lot of negativity around it because... Yeah. But what was, about me? What about yeah. all lives matter? Yeah. So, again, I'm going to start off a men's mental health group for, you know, want of a better phrase, yeah? Yeah. What about women? I don't think, you, I yeah. don't think you'll get that. Well, I watched the pod... Well, I didn't watch the podcast. Charlie mm. uh, watched the podcast um, and it was a man talking about mental health. Mm. He'd written a book. Yeah. And he was on a daytime show... Um, and talking about men's mental health and what it was. Yeah. Within about three minutes, yeah. it turned around to women's mental health. Right, interesting. On that. But I think um, if, if with everything in life where it's difficult, where it's niche, for want of a better word, like even the addiction side of things, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of shame, and that's that's the main driving absolutely. force behind yeah, it. And absolutely. what you've touched on before about w- women find it easier, um, maybe that that conversation flows that way because it feels less awkward to actually, you know, spin it on its head and talk about it from a woman's point of view. I can't mm-hmm. see anyone being, you know, objecting to there being something specifically for men. I mean, that's absurd, isn't it, if anyone thinks... You will always get that element of society, though, when going back to the social media thing, that seems to have perpetuated it, where it's, it's a way of getting heard, isn't it, if you can throw in a little grenade like that every now and uh, again. Yeah. So they're not, they're not doing it out of any genuine sort no, of like concern. Listen to my voice. Yeah, thing, it, it's whether, yeah whether, it is nonsense. But, yeah. And whether it happens or not is immaterial. Yeah. You just yeah. keep doing what if, you do. Yeah, but, yeah. but if the thinking's there that it's going to happen, yeah. And that's the thing that needs to be broken down, yeah. really. It's not about whether it actually happens. Yeah. yeah. It's the thinking and feeling behind 
that it could which do puts people or off, it yeah. would do which puts like in any situation you yeah. put your head above, above the, the oh yeah you do you know, yeah, yeah, take a shot, yeah. let's go take a shot. right the way like strip okay. it all back then because we, we did the stats at the beginning didn't we about yeah. you know and that's shocking really shocking yeah um and we've covered now we've kind of established that men need more safe spaces to be vulnerable and to talk about these things or not even mm-hmm. talk but just somewhere to be yeah. um but if you could give your top tips on if somebody's in crisis themselves now, a male, young male, old male, whatever, what would be your top tips to to come out of the comfort zone and if they feel like they've got absolutely no one to talk to, you know, what would you be doing? I would, if I was in that position mm-hmm. and that no one know, comes from a GP in the first instance, mm-hmm. because that is a door to help, yeah. you know. If you feel up to it, you can search. There's, there's lots of charities yeah. out there that will help. Yeah. And whether it's specifically aimed at men or whether it's just mental health in general or a specific area of mental health, yeah. there are lots out there. Yeah. You know, And ask for help because, yeah. particularly from GPs and from these charities, because they're more than willing to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's different talking to someone who's there specifically to do that mm-hmm. than talking to your mate down the pub mm. yeah yeah you know, and there's big waiting lists isn't there for counselling yeah, so there is. it's a foot yeah. in the Absolutely. door to it's speak to somebody small steps at a time yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, the other thing I'd do is not be too hard on yourself yeah you know interest like yes your life is a culmination of all the decisions you've made mm-hmm. okay but all that means is decisions you make today can make tomorrow better yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. And another interesting stat for you Go on. is I have a record, and everybody has a record, a 100% success rate mm-hmm. of getting through your dark days. Well, yeah. Yeah, because you're here now. Because you're here, here now. Yeah. So whatever it feels like now, it can and will get better. Mm-hmm. Partly you need to believe, and you need to think that, and... Almost you need to trick yourself into sometimes because if you're in, in that dark space and you don't know where to turn, yeah, but you can, you can influence tomorrow because yesterday influenced today. Mm. So today can influence tomorrow. Mm. And what you do, there's a long waiting list, mm. okay? But I've taken that step today. If I waited another week, another month, yeah, that waiting list is only going to get longer. Yeah, yeah. that's it. I think it's to try and do something. Yeah. And if it is a life event that's caused this, you know, because it's not not that for everyone. I think we have to be clear on that. You know, it's not. Some people simply have some people are just wired that way. Yeah, condition that is, you know, nothing's triggered it. That's just how we are. It's a chemical imbalance, isn't it? But for people who who are going through like a crisis in life, yeah. um, then don't like you say don't be too hard on yourself because yeah I think it's it's, it, it's different isn't it so you've got for me you've got the the chemical imbalance which is a biological issue mm-hmm. yeah um, you've then got the kind of just life yeah because over, over a number of years because my, my yeah. dark space really didn't come from one particular event it was it was from thirty years of life yeah yeah. yeah. That snowballs. Yeah, an accumulation. And that, of and it was accumulation events. Of, yeah. of events and things like that, but yeah. there was nothing significant, but it wasn't fulfilling me. Yes. Yeah. It wasn't like like I say, my dark space wasn't really, really yeah. low. There was never any thought of doing anything anything stupid. Yeah. But you, you know, know far you were from low. it. Yeah. But I know I was low, so yeah. something had to change because it wasn't gonna get better by itself. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have the events. Yeah. So someone has an accident, there's there's a yeah. bereavement, yeah, yeah. You know, a, rela- a relationship. Yeah. But good for you for yeah. having the foresight of recognising when you were getting into that low space because a lot of people will push mm-hmm. that down, hide it, gloss over it, mm-hmm. find a way of covering mm-hmm. it up with, with point. Yeah, and and then something happens and it tips you over the edge and it's too much. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you for the tips. And John, thank you for an amazing conversation. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. So that was your first time meeting John. What do you think? Yeah, I loved him. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was great. Good guy, isn't he? Yeah. And actually, um, the way he described himself through the whole conversation, if I'd have met him for the first time tonight, I wouldn't have, there's no way I would have thought that that was him, the same person. Because, you know, the banter was... 
was good. It's it's funny we kind of we we kind of slipped into old habits because because me and John hit it off as soon as we started yeah. working together. There was there was obviously a, a real sort of synergy between us. Um, he is dry though, very. But I quite like that. He yeah. told me off for using my phone. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But for me, that's like red rag to a bull. I'm yeah. like game on. But for some people, like he said, some people wouldn't know how to. Yeah. To, to deal with that but we've you know we shared stories tonight and, and obviously he's come to this hearing what I've shared on the podcast mm. and, and so much stuff makes sense yeah now about both of our experiences and where we come from which is probably why we, we kind of you know and you know like can attract like sometimes like that can't it so yeah yeah fantastic conversation it was a really good conversation and timely it. as well you know it's really important that you know it is it is Movember it, mm. you know it is all about promote men's health, all those statistics that we put, mm. you know, at the start there, you know, they're, they're quite frightening. So if, you know, if you've got, you know, men in your life, young men in your life, you know, whether it be, you know, children, grandchildren, brothers, sisters, husbands, whatever, you know, you got to, you know, just, I mean, look out for people generally, but mm. knowing how vulnerable men can be when it comes to mental health, it's, you know, it's, it's really important that we're mindful about it, mm. you know, and be, and be thoughtful about it moving ask forward. Ask and ask again. Ask and ask again. But well, acknowledge it might take a lot more than that, because sometimes people never open up. No, but as John said, he had that friend there that was just kept sort of like, you know, yeah. you know come to the gym, come to the gym, yeah. come to the gym, you know. You've got to be, sometimes you've got to be a bit persistent mm-hmm. and just let people know that you're there for them. Mm-hmm. You know, unconditionally just, um, you know, I'm always going to be here for you. Yeah. It's really powerful stuff. It is, it is. But I do think we've got so much work to do as a society. Oh, loads. It's a culture shift. Yeah. And we're seeing it change. It is changing. Slowly. Slowly. But as with any culture shift, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it takes generational change I think it will it's going to take a long time it will take a long time so we get to the point where we're truly comfortable with it but I've seen that in my lifetime yeah. you know I you know if I speak to a group of students now and say put your hand up if you yeah. struggle with your mental health you know I see hands go yeah. up if I'd have asked that question 20 years ago you they know, wouldn't I'll, do it no they wouldn't have done it they'd have laughed me out of the room so there's a change coming in terms of how we're addressing it and that people are talking about it more but I almost feel like we need as a society a shift of how we're living because I think I do think a lot of the younger people who are coming through with you know trauma and mental health conditions mm. and stuff a lot of that is coming from how we are living yeah I don't um, think our so, society is really no. conducive to self care no so I think it's just a funny one, isn't it? Because we are more than ever, yeah. but the way we're living doesn't coincide with all you know all the extra stuff that we're having to do. Yeah, it's like fighting fire with fire almost. Yeah, and I think it's gonna it's gonna take individuals on mass. Yeah, to adopt it before the culture mm. shifts, yeah, I think you're right. rather than it just being some sort of. Yeah. I don't know, I don't think it'll be a mass movement. I think it's just going to be one of those things that's just going to have to yeah. organically grow. We all do our bit. Yeah, and we as a society get to a point where ugh, we can't carry on doing it this way mm-hmm. anymore because it's yeah. it's harmful, Yeah. you know, because it think, isn't the moment. And we things live, we aren't improving. A, you know, like um, statistics John came out with, you know, they've not gone up, but they've not gone down either. They've not gone know? down either, you so, know. And um, we've got more access now to, you know, a lot of people are more into their wellness and all those things aren't they but yeah and we need to get over ourselves with that a bit you know Mm. because there still is that element out there that thinks it's a bit you know hippy dippy Mm. you know it's a bit (laughs) you and your hippy dippies yeah i do i do love a hippy dippy (laughs) but yeah you know if you if you said for example we're doing that breath work this week Mm. you know if there's certain people i know if i said that to them they'd go God, that sounds a bit Yeah. Rather yeah. than just giving it a try. Rather than just giving it a go yeah. and going, actually, do you know what? This is actually really beneficial. Yeah. Or it's not for me. Either or. It's yeah. fine. And if it isn't, it's absolutely yeah. fine. You know, to each their own. And that is the thing with self-care. And, you know, we talked about, you know, do you need a diagnosis? Do you not need a diagnosis? Mm. Not always, but you absolutely need self-care. Mm-hmm. You need to know what works for you. And you also absolutely need to know what That's brings you down. Yeah. You know, so you can make better life choices. Yeah. And when you start to do that then, you know, your mental health will improve. Yeah. Even with a diagnosis, even with something that maybe would require... Medication, yeah. Medication, medical yeah. intervention. Self-care is always... It's never going to be a negative. Oh, it's no. It's never going to be a negative. No, absolutely not. So fantastic for that. Yeah, no, it was great. A good chat. 
Yeah, brilliant sound, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then next week, yeah, we have uh, someone who who I've met recently, uh, Tressa, who is going to come in. Um, now Tressa was uh, a nurse during COVID. Um, and worked in those really, you know, the height of COVID in those wards wow. with 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 patients mm. who, um, yeah, who'd struggled, lost their lives even. And off the back of that trust now, uh, deals with, she caught COVID herself, yeah. hardly unexpected, mm. um, and has struggled over the past couple of years with long COVID. Right. Um, which is still for a lot of people, you know, that you'll get people who deny that that's going on at the moment. Um, or not understand what it is. So Tress is going to come in and talk to us about that. Yeah, and how she's getting on with it, and yeah, mm. and you know what what changes she's had to make to her life. That's going to be it's going to be a fascinating conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm loving the people that we get in. I know, isn't it? Yeah, Brilliant. really good, good, and we've we've just been talking now. We've got loads more coming for the next season, haven't we? Oh, hold on, everybody. Yeah, when we we, we we're doing <laughs> this over seasons, we yeah. will. Uh, we will be coming to an end with season one because we do need a break and we've got families and people <laughs> that, we that we need. See. Yeah, that we never see. Yeah. yeah, in between recording this, you've got to edit it. All that mm. stuff takes time. So we're going to take a little bit of self care, a little bit of time to ourselves. We're going to go and do our amazing things, and mm. then probably in the new year we'll come back with a whole new raft of yeah, guests. Yeah, we have, and we've got them lined up. They're great. So yeah, yeah, exciting okay. times, exciting mm-hmm. times. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, and for that this week. We're done. I think we're done. We are done. You're going to have another biscuit? No, I've had enough. Got you off. sure? Yeah. Okay. I feel quite bloated, Mike. Oh. <sighs> it's your fault. Don't bring him again. There's a pink ring looking at you. <laughs> That's a good place to, to cut. And with that, we'll call it a yeah. good night. <laughs> Thank you for listening to I Don't Know Much But. Please subscribe and rate wherever you get your podcasts. It really does help. A big thank you to Hazel, Tara and all the staff at Safety Central. If you get the chance to go and visit them, please do. Your hosts were Michael Jones and Carrie Ann Stevens. Production was by Michael Jones. The theme music is Into the Beginning by Hartsman. This has been a Wolfstock production for the Acast Creator Network.